This is Bulls Beat on Bulls Unlimited. Bulls Beat is your stop for exclusive interviews, highlights, and the very latest on all sports at the University of South Florida. With today's show, here's your host, Derek Sharp. Braving the elements for this one, though we're inside, but outside it is extremely cold where I'm at. That's San Antonio, Texas. The women's basketball team was in Houston on Sunday afternoon and lost a thriller to the Rice Owls, 67-64. We bust to San Antonio, and I knew it was going to be cold, but I guess on my weather app I had punched in San Antonio, Florida, and thought, okay, 50 degrees is not bad. Then we arrived, and it was uh, 32 degrees, and as we're taping this show on a Monday morning, it is 26 degrees and windy out, so fortunately basketball is played inside. We've got some highlights from yesterday's game coming up in our second segment. Get ready to hear a ton of highlights from Friday night on the men's basketball side as, by coincidence, they played Rice. And Kaysen Pryor put on a show to remember, some calls to remember from Jim Lighthall and Joey Johnston, a full highlight reel coming your way here on Bullsby. We'll also tell you what went on around the conference and let you know kind of where the Bulls stand on both the men's and the women's fronts. Congratulations to the USF cheerleading squads, the all-girl Division 1A national champions in both the game day cheer competition and the traditional competition. That is the first time a school has ever swept both of those categories at the Walt Disney World Resort in Orlando, the ESPN-wide World of Sports Complex. Three-day event over there, the game day cheer competition took place on Friday, and the final event was Sunday, where the Bulls beat out Alabama. It was the second straight championship in the game day category. The Bulls edged out Alabama yesterday. UCF won the co-ed title, its fourth national championship, also edging out Alabama. So Alabama doesn't win everything. Full results are up at tv.varsity.com, where you can actually... Watch the whole routine if you want to pay for it, or of course already have a subscription to that service. So while the South Florida cheerleaders, the all-girl group, were sweeping two categories, a lot of categories got swept by the track and field squad over in Gainesville on Friday, the Jimmy Carnes Invitational. Now, this was not going up against a ton of Division One schools, but there still were a lot of Bulls records broken. Doesn't matter what the competition is, if you're breaking school records, you're breaking school records. The pole vault was all bulls. Kobe Babin, who is a returner, along with Noah Bitter and Andreas Kreis. Talking to Eric Jenkins, the head track and field coach, as we did on Bullseye, got some good stuff off the microphones as well. Kobe Babin was a guy that he said has been really doing a good job of building himself up even more in the weight room, so expect more from him. Another event saw three bulls on the podium. That would be the 60-meter dash. Transfer from Bethune-Cookman, Jermaine Digest wins it, followed by a couple of returners, Jaleel Kroll and Zaquan Lincoln, and all three times were better than the previous school record. So you've got your new 1, 2, and 3 in the 60-meter dash all time. And it is hard to sweep the podium in a relay race. But indeed, the men had the A, B, and C groups in the 4x4 relay do just that. By the way, the third and the fourth members of that relay group are both freshmen. Michael Bourne started things off, followed by Treshawn Bowie, who is a transfer from Assumption College. Then your two freshmen, Shamari Pettigrew and Markel Jones. So not a bad start to their college careers. If you want the full results, including some other winners, saw Shania Benjamin doing her thing on the women's side. 
Gabriel Moranta, who is a transfer from Mississippi State. Both picked up wins as well in other events. You can head to GoUSFBulls.com. Well, there was a big event at the Yingling Center on Friday night. A great crowd of more than 4,000. And frankly, looked like it was going to be a bummer. The Bulls were playing a Rice team that usually doesn't hit three-point shots so well, but this was a different story in the first half where the Owls were 6-for-7 and their center, Max Fiedler, who looks like a future pro, went for 11 points and 14 rebounds in the first half. Now, Kobe Knox kept the Bulls in, hit two three-pointers, scored 12. Selton McGill was doing his thing with nine points. But a couple of normal contributors offensively just weren't having a good day. Jaden Reed, the fantastic freshman, 0 for 4, 0 points. And Chris Youngblood, just 2 for 4 with 5 points. Oh, you know who else did not have much of a first half? Cason Pryor. He was 1 for 8 from the floor and scored 2 points. That's it. Now, the first half ended well. We mentioned Knox. Four seconds to go. Reed, cross-court pass, tip. Knox catches, fires a three. Good! Kobe Knox sends the Bulls into the locker room with a nine-point deficit. What a big triple there. Let's remember that one, Jim. If this is a tight game, we may look back on that Knox made three at the end of the first half to give the Bulls a bit of a spark. Accurate comment by Joey there. I don't know about you, but 40-31 to 31 seems more doable than 40 to 28, but the margin would go back and forth between 9 and 12 as we got to the midway point of the second half. Here's a notable couple of makes for the Bulls. Back to Placer at the top. He's on the logo. That's within his range. One-handed pass to Selton Miguel. Shot clock down to 10. Selton puts it on the floor. He fires a cross-court pass to Placer. Sets his feet. Fires a three. Good! Jose Placer for the first time in a month gets a three-point make. Picked up by Reed. Here come the Bulls on a three-on-one. Bounce pass is left side to Miguel. Through contact, no call, and he got the layup to somehow go. Well, that was a big boy, tough man layup as Selton Miguel went right to the basket through contact, as you mentioned, and somehow made it go. We're back to single digit, 60-51 to 51 Rice leads. We wanted to throw those highlights in so we weren't just focusing on one guy. But we will focus on one guy the rest of the way. His name is Cason Pryor. Started off his career at Boise State. Junior college guy last year, kind of a humbling experience, as he told me in a preseason interview, and has been very solid for the Bulls, but nothing could have given us an idea of what he was going to do on Friday night. This is a long highlight reel of the Bulls coming back to win, led, yeah, by one guy who scored 19 points in a row and did more than just score. Enjoy. DB wide open on the left wing for three, missed it around the rim, and Selton Miguel gets the rebound. Boy, Rice is starting to do their part, now the Bulls need to. Passes to Hines at the top. Pryor puts it on the floor around two guys. He's going to the basket off the window and in. Strong move through contact for Cason Pryor, and it's back to a nine-point game. Yep, Cason Pryor went barging through the lane, and nobody was going to get in his way, and he cuts it again to a single-digit margin. But the Bulls cannot get past this nine-point wall. They've got to get past that to thwart Rice. We move under the 11-minute mark. Stole by Pryor. Here's a lead pass to Selt Miguel. He's got a guy chasing him. He gets the one-handed dunk. Defense into offense, and the Bulls have finally cut it to seven, and Rice needs a timeout with 10.40 left to go. I like that attitude, seeing these guys now go into contact, get themselves rewarded yeah. at the free throw line. And I, I think Fiedler can be had yeah. on that end of the court. He's not a dominant defender by any stretch, and Pryor, I think, is more than willing to uh, take him on. Mason had it knocked away by Kaysen Pryor. His hands are so active tonight. Emotional pulse yeah. for the Bulls on the court. He's ready to make a big play and if he does, he's going to erupt emotionally. 
And this crowd is ready to go. Nothing has been easy at all all night for the Bulls, but right now in this little window, there's a chance. Rice is, is not playing as well as it has been. It's, it's turned it over five times in the last five minutes plus, and the Bulls are on a little 6-0 run. So the moment is now. The Bulls just need to find a way to seize it. 62-57. Get it to Fiedler outside the arc. Gets it off to Evie. He only has seven points so far today. He's their leading scorer. Mason, left wing. Cut off by Selton Miguel. Comes back into the middle of the floor and gets cut off again. Now here's Selden. Shot clock at nine. Pryor jumps him and had it taken away. And then Selden fouls him. Cason Pryor, cat-like instincts, has gotten his hand on a lot of basketballs today. And he did it again. Now he's pumping up the building. They're on their feet again here at the Engling Center. you got to love that kid, Cason Pryor. He is a wild live wire, an emotional ballast for this USF <laughs> basketball team. And as you mentioned, he tried to, he heard the cheers of the crowd. He wanted to hear some louder cheers. He went to the middle of the floor, getting the whole arena going. And his team was over here huddled with a mirror. And the coaches are like, would you like joining us, please? He could feel it in the building. This place is ready to really erupt. Yep. It's a four point game. They're chipping away at it. Eight seconds to go on the shot clock. Rice to trigger it in. Mason looking for help. Throws a lob, caught down low by Dawes, double team. Now he gets it to Fiedler, blocked underneath by Pryor, tipped out and controlled by Youngblood. Pryor has done it again. Man, Pryor on the defensive end has turned it up. Ball is tipped and taken away by Pryor again. He's on a run out all by himself. Boom, there's a two-handed boat. Cason Pryor is a one-man show on a Friday night. <laughs> wow, wow, Cason Pryor is doing it on both ends of the court, and he has this crowd on its feet. The Bulls have cut the lead to 66-64, two points. Here's Pryor at the free throw line. He's seven for eight, Bulls are 14 of 17. He's got an opportunity to tie this. He gets two shots, by the way, since that's the 10th foul on the Owls, and he knocks this down. I mean, this kid's gonna, he's gonna thank people on the way out of the building. He might bring their car around for them as a valet. <laughs> He has done it all tonight. Made that one too. They've clawed their way back. 68-68 tie with 2.20 to go. This crowd is on its feet. Yes. Making lots of noise. Yeah. Rice has got a big challenge. Here's Evie drifting left. Pryor pokes at it, took another one away. Into the hands of Reed. Bulls have a four on two. Bounce pass to the Youngblood. Reverse layup, didn't go. Who got it? Pryor got it. Pryor did it again. He did it again. He did it again. Put back by Pryor. By two. I hope you can hear me. They're blowing the roof off this place. Holy, what a performance. To Stroud, looking for help. Gets it back to Youngblood. Here comes the defense. He goes around a man. Bounce passes to Pryor. Spin move. Turn around, jump shot. Around the rim and in. Oh, Pryor's got 23. He challenged Max Fiedler went right into him and made the shot. What a night for Cason Pryor. 72, 69, 106 to go. Right side, Mason, he drives to the baseline, picks up his dribble, and traveled with the ball. Cut off by Selton Miguel. They turn Rice over. This place is freaking electric right now. Yeah, this is awesome to see everybody on their feet. To Stroud, looking for help, gets it back to Youngblood. Here comes the defense. He goes around a man, bounce passes to Pryor, spin move, turn around, jump shot, around the rim, and in. Oh, Pryor's got 23. He challenged Max Fiedler, went right into him and made the shot. What a night for Cason Pryor. Youngblood being held trying to come out and get it, he finally does. He's on the logo, passes to Selton Miguel, he's in the paint, bounce pass to Pryor. Goes right through contact, up, came up short, and he's going to go to the free throw line again. Boy, Cason Pryor 
has been relentless at the offensive end. Yeah, he wants the ball, he wants it bad. And it doesn't matter if 6'11", Max Fiedler's in his way, he's gonna go get it. So 40 seconds to go, 72-69. Cason Pryor at the free throw line where he's nine for 10 tonight. The Bulls are 16 of 19 for the evening. Free throw is good. This team had gone 18 of 36 over the last two games at the free throw line. They're back to making them. They're shooting 85%. Pryor has a career high 24 points. Takes his time, readies, fires, and makes that one. Boy, is he locked in at the line. It's one of the best individual performances I've ever seen yeah. by a USF player. Yeah. I'm talking decades. And, it, and we're not just talking about on offense either. No, I mean, every, he's both every ends of the category yeah. of the box score, he's impacted this game. Here comes Evie, quickly the other way, around two guys. He throws up a floater, blocked by Pryor, and he got the rebound as well, and they foul him. There you go, Kaysen Pryor, once again, impacting the game, and now he's exhorting the crowd to get on its feet. This guy has been Mr. <laughs> Entertainment tonight. <laughs> You might as well just bow down to what he's done tonight. It's been that oh. good. All right, he's got 27 points. He's 13 of 14 from the line. And he's got two free throws to our right with 20.6 left. Let's it fly. Good. <laughs> I mean, wow. wow. Hadn't shot a free throw in the last two games. What an outstanding night for Kaysen Pryor. Can't overstate it. Fires again, hits again. 29 points, Pryor's kind of playing to the crowd at the other end. Hey. Bulls lead 78-71 with 20 seconds to go. This is his night. 19 points in a row for Kaysen Pryor. It's 81-73, five seconds to go. Rice will grab the ball at midcourt. Shelby passes to Evie, who's gonna take a three. Good if it goes, it misses. What an unbelievable comeback by the South Florida Bulls. Something special is going on here. Yeah, no question. This is a type of win you can build on, the type of win you're going to look back on. And the crowd that was here, the large crowd filled with SoFlo Rodeo and the students will always remember this one, a great comeback from double digits in the second half, all fueled by Mr. Kaysen Pryor. 4,107 can say truthfully, they saw the performance by Kaysen Pryor in person how sweet it is it was quite simply amazing then you look up afterwards you heard the guys allude to the blocks and the steals and see that he's the first person since 2006 to have at least 25 points along with at least five blocks and five steals in the game and again it's crazy that he was 15 for 16 at the free throw line and he had not attempted a free throw get this until nine minutes and 20 seconds left so as much as the Bulls' loss last Sunday to UAB featured the Blazers getting to the free throw line a ton in the second half, and that was the reason you heard Amir Abdurrahim wasn't too happy about the disparity. Well, this was a different story, and it was mostly one guy. The Bulls actually were 21 for 23 at the line in the second half. That's 91% needed all of them to get the win. Pryor finished with 29 points. Six for six from the floor in the second half. And on a night where Jaden Reed, the point guard, only had one point, And Chris Youngblood was three for 11. He scored 12. Pryor was astonishing. If you scroll down on the podcast page, you can get the full postgame interview with both Pryor and head coach Amir Abdurrahim. Pryor was named to the AAC Weekly Honor Roll. Didn't get player of the week, 
And when you look at it, someone from Memphis had to be. Memphis has won 10 games in a row. The Tigers are now 10th in the country in the voted on polls. And there, Javon Quinterly averaged 24 points, 7.5 assists in two wins, including one in overtime against UTSA when he scored 9 in the OT and had 11 assists to just one turnover as part of that 112-point showing against Wichita State on Sunday. Bulls will attempt to slow down the Tigers on Memphis. We'll talk about it on Thursday's show. No show Wednesday. We get home very late from San Antonio. actually have a meeting. I have to be at at 9.30 in the morning, so the show is going to get pushed to Thursday, but we'll have plenty for you. Also, a couple of notes programming-wise. Bulls speed ahead with Michael Kelly will return next week. So will Bullseye. It'll be Jose Fernandez along with Romy Levy. And our non-basketball guest will be men's golf coach, Steve Bradley. Speaking of women's basketball, we had a fun one yesterday. We told you if you were listening, it was going to be a close game. That's how it is in the American Athletic Conference in women's basketball. The conference does not have any team in the top 75. However, there are 11 and almost a 12th after what happened on Sunday. More on the Bulls' next opponent, UTSA, and its dramatic Sunday victory here in a minute. But the point is, you have so many teams that are similar in rank and similar in talent, and you're going to have a bunch of close games. Sunday was a perfect example. Five games in the conference, four were decided by four points or less. The other was single digits, and the Bulls were right there in one of them. It was great to see Vicki Blasick on the court because, folks, she was dead to the world Saturday on the plane ride to Houston and did not practice on Saturday night, nor was anybody expecting her to be able to practice and it was one of those things where we were waiting to get on the bus Sunday morning and I wasn't sure we were going to see her well we saw her Jose Fernandez gave her the look right before the game started like you okay oh yeah she was more than okay she scored 26 points Vicky Blasic should be the player of the week in the conference normally they don't give it to a player from a team that lost a game but when you go for 35 and 26 in your two games you're probably getting player of the week in the AAC she was 4 for 11 on three-point shots. The Bulls were down 19 to 11 against a very good Rice team. I know their record was 8 and 6, but hey, they're just like the Bulls. They lost to every top 100 team they played and then Charlotte. Identical resume, even though the Bulls' overall competition was a little bit stronger, but they gave Georgia Tech a good game. In fact, they were up by 15 at one point loss. They stayed close with Gonzaga. They got some serious talent, and the Bulls look like Maybe they were going to be on the wrong end of a relatively comfortable Rice win. But then the Bulls went to the bench. Evelyn Lucha-Shipholt picked up two fouls, the Bulls' starting center. That and the fact that they were down eight led to some swap-outs, and they worked. She has to pick up a dribble after Danny Gonzalez. That would be good to see, and it drains down. Danny Gonzalez and can certainly hit the three. Came in nine for 29. They're going to need somebody like her, and she is a candidate to have a big day. 19 to 14, Rice leads with 1.45 to go here in the first quarter. They get it over to Owens Barnett. I'm just going to call her by her first name, Jazzy. Well, she had lost her control there. Ariel Wilson gets it up to Maria Alvarez. Oh, behind the back pass to Lauren Putu. No look for Maria. Defense to offense, 19 to 16. So Danny Gonzalez with the key three. There is Fisher with a double team now. And she still gets around it and puts it up. Misses, gets her own rebound, misses that. Bulls have got to pick up the board. They do. I can't believe she missed those two in close. This should be a five-point game. Instead, Levy to Mputu, lays it up and in, Lauren Mputu. 
very productive. And timeout on the other side. 30 seconds left to go in the quarter. 18 on the shot clock. Levy thinks about pulling up from distance. Now gets a screen from Putin. Wants to drive around Som. High and in. It is a 9-0 run. And the Bulls have taken the lead. Only Levy up to eight points. And that was a good screen by Lauren Putu. Lore had not scored in conference play. So that, as you heard, went over well on the bench. I was right there next to the bench. As I said on social media, the setup at Rice was great. It's not some state-of-the-art venue, the Tudor Fieldhouse, but it's cozy and the crowd was good. By the way, we did get to play there. We told you last week there was some water damage. I got some photos. It's kind of a miracle they got that fixed in a week's time and only had to play both their men and the women one home away from home game. But you couldn't tell. And that run had the Bulls on top. And they eventually would lead by seven points in the second quarter. But both teams went cold for three and a half minutes. Not saying the Bulls could have put it away, but didn't tack on. And it was a close game, a two-point game at halftime. You heard me mention that Romy Levy had eight points. Well, she only finished with ten. And that was the issue, not to single out Romy. She's been great. But Blasic, 26, Levy with 10, but only two after the first quarter. Gonzalez was key for the Bulls with 10 and six rebounds. But outside of those two last players I just mentioned, no one scored in the fourth quarter. And Rice got scoring from all over the place, primarily Malia Fisher, who is an all-conference performer in the Conference USA. 23 points, a career high, 13 rebounds. So, yes, she could be player of the week. But most importantly, 8 for 8 at the free throw line, and that was all in the fourth quarter as they were aggressively going to the hoop. Got a couple of timely three-pointers from different players. But to rewind it back, really the killer sequence, to me anyway, was late in the third quarter. It was 45 to 38 Bulls. But they had gone three minutes without scoring, and Jose Fernandez called a timeout, which looked like the right move. The Bulls just need to sort of regather themselves. Well, out of the timeout, a turnover, then a second chance and one by Trinity Gooden, who only averages three and a half points a game. Another turnover, one of six in the quarter. The Bulls only turned it over twice in the first half. That Rice converts into points, and it's 45-43. And even though the Bulls got it up to six, and it was a four-point lead going into the fourth, Rice kind of had that spark in the Bulls. The tone was kind of set for possible disappointment, and even though Blasic hit a three to give them a 52-48 lead. Rice immediately responded with the three, and you knew it was going to go down to the wire. Actually, led by Fisher at the free throw line, Rice turned a 59-57 deficit midway through the fourth quarter into a six-point lead with a minute to go. But Danny Gonzalez, a putback and an and one herself, a big stop as Rice milked the clock as far as it could, and the Bulls called timeout, trying to force overtime. Here's how it sounded. Guessing anyway that the Bulls have dialed up a three-point attempt here. You don't need to shoot a three, but that is the margin with 19 seconds left. Victoria Blasic will trigger right in front of me to Ariel Wilson, who's guarded by the taller Bukinevich. Out to Danny Gonzalez. Hands off to Romy. 13 seconds to go. Bulls have got to get a shot off before it's too late. If you miss, you're going to have time left. Blasic with eight. Swallowed up. Contested three. Just short. Levy battles for the board. Three seconds left. Blasic at the horn. No foul call, and that's how the game will end. Thought she was fouled. Danny Gonzalez actually got the rebound and put it up. I think she might have scored, but it would have been a two. And I think the Bulls are looking around hoping it's something that you can review, but you can't. So the Bulls' two conference losses, their three and two, are in overtime to Charlotte. And as you heard, 
a game that could have gone either way. I missed this stat on the air yesterday, but it says everything, and especially juxtaposed with the men's win where they got all those stops in the second half, all those turnovers, points off turnovers for the men, 28-4. to For the women Sunday, two turnovers in the first half, 10 in the second, and the points off turnovers in the second half, Rice, 15, South Florida, 0. And in the fourth quarter, the Bulls just 4 for 12 from the floor and only had two players score. That'd be Vlasic with 10 of the 15 in the quarter. Gonzalez getting the other five. So where do the Bulls stand? We were watching Charlotte and UTSA. That's the next opponent for the Bulls on the bus ride. Just an incredible game. UTSA wins it in double overtime at the horn. That helps the Bulls because it gives Charlotte, which is going to have head-to-head over them, a defeat. So UAB and Charlotte are both 4-1. North Texas and Rice are 3-1. And And then you have four teams, including the Bulls, and their next opponent at 3-2. Now, the downside is, yes, Charlotte got its first defeat, but UTSA looks pretty darn good. We'll tell you more about them on the air on Tuesday night. By the way, the preseason second pick was East Carolina. They lost by 26 at Tulane, which was 0-3 in the conference. Memphis, which was 0-4 in the conference, went to Temple, which was 3-1, coming off a 22-point road win. So, of course, Memphis wins. It's just setting up, it feels like anyway, for an ultra-competitive conference tournament. The balance is insane in this league. So far, all of the Bulls games have been right down to the wire, but one, the win against Tulsa. 11-7 is the overall mark. We'll talk to you on Tuesday night from San Antonio. Incidentally, Blasic was not the conference player of the week, but for the fourth time, the freshman honors, which were easy to pick, went to her. Why? Was somebody that scored an average of more than 30 points in two games not the conference player of the week? That's because Tierra Young of SMU averaged 35, including 38 in a victory where she made 18 free throws. That was a conference record. That wraps up Bulls Beat here on the podcast page. Talk to you guys from San Antonio on Tuesday night.